then start the Love interview. Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting with views not heard in the news. The International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Good afternoon. It's a brand new year, and with our profound guest at the helm, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Paula and I hope that we can knock your socks off, shake up your world as we view areas together that you may have never thought possible for transformation. Barbara Marks Hubbard, a global ambassador and spokeswoman for humanity, and now even Deepak Chopra calls Barbara the voice for conscious evolution. Today, Barbara will speak to a powerful gateway, arriving that is beckoning us to consciously gear ourselves up and focus our attention so that our body and our planet can realign, leaving behind the old and not wanted, and then embrace the new and desired, which will serve and align, creating a perfect landing pad for a conscious evolution. Paula, we are right on the cusp. I wonder how many individuals can already feel this powerful frequency receiving, uh, being rewired within them as they and our planet gear up for a new birth. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, Taz, uh, there are some new frequencies are presently flowing like a river over the banks, just begging us to emerge with a new vision for social change. And lucky for us, Barbara Marks Hubbard is not an idealist, nor does she believe that social and planetary change is simple. But she does believe that humanity has the tools, fortitude, and resolve to take this quantum leap As she says, global change happens when we work collectively and selflessly for the greater good. Our lessons of evolution simply teach us that problems are evolutionary drivers as crises do precede transformation, which allows for a new window of opportunity in responding to our global situation. A prolific author and educator, Barbara has written seven books on social and planetary evolution, She has produced, hosted, and contributed to countless documentaries seen by millions of people around the world. In in conjunction with the Shift Network, Barbara co-produced the Worldwide Birth 2012 multimedia event that's seen as a historic turning point in exposing the social, spiritual, and scientific and technological potential in humanity. Well, Barbara, we simply... Welcome you to our show. We can't wait to get the, our communication going here. Welcome, Barbara. Is she there? Hello. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Let me see. Hi, Barbara. Hi there. Oh, hi. Well, we're so excited to have you with us. Uh, thank you, thank you. It's always exciting to be on an interview, you know? Oh, it is, and especially having you with us. Oh, I, you know, thank you. 
we want to wish you a happy new year. And you have brought forth your book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation, The Promise Will Be Kept. And how did you title your book? How did that, that title emerge for you? Well, Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation is the title, The Promise Will Be Kept. So I'm looking at the New Testament with evolutionary eyes. As a futurist who understands that we are literally all being changed by new capacities and new dangers. And so the evolutionary testament is seeing the New Testament, experiencing the life of Jesus as an evolutionary potential for all humanity. And the promise will be kept is the sort of second part of the title is we are doing much of the work that he did and greater work. So in some sense, the promise is being kept, particularly if we put the new capacities with love. If we infuse the new capacities with love, the promise is being kept. Was there a message to you when you added the the second uh, half of that title, <laughs> the promise will be that's kept? A, that's a good question. I think that there was. That's a, nobody has asked me that particular question. I think that I... Because I've been a futurist, an evolutionary, because I really studied Buckminster Fuller, Teilhard de Chardin, Sri Aurobindo, real evolutionary geniuses who saw evolution as always going to higher order, higher potential. And the, the only difference now is we're conscious of it and we're part of it. So I knew that we were going somewhere. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and I And I knew that we could keep the promise and that it's very important that we know this <clears throat> because there's so much despair. And Teilhard de Chardin said, if we fall in, uh, fall out of love with our own capacity to evolve, we won't make it. So I have fallen in love with our capacity to evolve. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we will for, you know, for certain do it, but we won't do it if we don't know it. <laughs> true. Now, you know, Barbara, it really, su- it really surprised me when um, I started reading your book and saw that it uh, was uh, the New Testament, around the New Testament, because I knew that, that you were Jewish and agnostic and a futurist, and I wouldn't ever dream that you would write, <laughs> uh, you know, with the New Testament. Now, how did this mm. come to you well, to do that? You know, we've left out one word, Jewish, agnostic, evolutionary futurist. Oh. Evolutionary futurist. And I would take the word agnostic out of there. I was agnostic. (laughs) 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 That is to say not knowing. I don't know. Agnostic. I am gnostic now, which is to say... I would say I know in my deepest soul of soul that there's a pattern, a process, a divine mystery in the process of creation. That it, from, from the origin of creation, the first big bang flaring forth to create quarks and, and electrons and protons and molecules and cells and go all the way on up to you and me talking about it. If that's not an incredible mystery of creation, I don't know what it is. 
You know, so I'm not agnostic. I'm going to take that out. A, a Jewish former agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you be a former agnostic? Of course. Well, I'm sure you can. <laughs> well, Barbara, you have really, bio. you have literally covered such a tremendous scope of wind, width, breadth, and depth in your journey. You experiencing and growing with the knowledge that these truth capsules have been coming to you. Uh, <laughs> let me ask, when was, you know, to begin this kind of journey, I mean, over your entire life, I mean, look, in, um, what was it, 1984, you were nominated um, for the vice presidency of the United States on the Democratic <laughs> How did that yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You call for a peace room to, to scan for and map and connect and communicate what was working in America yeah. and the world. And you know what? That far back, I mean, I just began my journey in spiritual aspects. And I'm thinking, here you are. You are going on there. And... You no, know, it's interesting. On our journeys, we are given one piece at a time, it, 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 and building on that. And you have, you did. Did it begin for you then at that point when you were nominated? And oh I, no, I said, no, I got nominated way later in the game. I was about fifty-four when I got nominated. Okay. So before then, Barbara, what was in your pathway that geared you to that direction, knowing that you would that you would be supporting humanity in a service aspect? Um, what, was there anything particular that kind of rose yes. up? Well, what it, what it, the way it happened for me is when I was <clears throat> fifteen, the United States dropped the first atomic bombs on Japan. And I had thought up to that time that everything was good. America was good, power was good, military was good, everything. And suddenly I thought, oh, my God, if, if we go in this direction, we can destroy everything. We have the power of gods in our hands, and a self-centered species with the powers of gods could destroy everything. So, But what could we evolve with this? What could be the meaning of all this new power that's good? So when I asked that question, I thought somebody knew. <clears throat> and I actually started to ask. I went and tried to join the Episcopal Church, and I said, is any of this true? Did, did, did any of this really happen? And, of course, the minister didn't know. I could tell immediately. <laughs> and he said, look, young lady, you go to Sunday school now. They'll <laughs> let you know. And so Sunday school was um, about Eve having been the source of the problem. Now, that really disturbed me <laughs> because I could see that I was almost identical to Eve, that that I actually was very much like her. So given, given that, <laughs> I, I did, left the Episcopal Church. Then I tried to get it through Bryn Mawr College. I couldn't do it. Because at Bryn Mawr College, there's no subject called the future of humanity and where are we going. And then I got to meet President Eisenhower. He, my father was a friend of Eisenhower's. He'd just been made president. I went into the Oval Office, and I said, Mr. President, I have a question for you. Yes, young lady? 
The question is, Mr. President, what do you think is the meaning of our new power that's good? And he said to me, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Now, (laughs) the president didn't know, the church didn't know, the university didn't know. So I became almost obsessed (laughs) with the need to find out. And that is a very interesting thing. When it happens to a person that you get a life purpose that won't let you go, <laughs> that, you, that you're that re- you ready to go the whole way for your life purpose, whatever it is, I was ready to go the whole way. Well, so I began to research. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15 going the whole way into the infinite because I didn't know where it would take me. Well, where it has actually taken me is into the emergence of a new humanity. That's where we're going. And if we make it through, if we are able, you know, to restore the earth, able to deal with climate change, able to deal with energy systems, able to deal with hunger and starvation. I learned, you know, way early on from Buckminster Fuller that we have the capacity to do that. So I then... um, decided to work toward it. I got a vision, but I didn't get a vision like some mystical trance. I got a vision based on what's evolutionarily possible. So you have to say former agnostic, (laughs) (laughs) formerly Jewish. (laughs) Oh, evolutionary, spiritual evolutionary. Formally agnostic, formally Jewish, spiritual evolutionary Barbara Marks Hubbard is created. You see, I don't know why I'm. I'm sort of. I, I get a little giddy over that all, all, all the formerlies that I once was. But Barbara, you know what? It's like your heart was grabbed, and it couldn't, and nothing would let it go. No, it wouldn't let me go. And I will say something about being Jewish in the sense of Jewish genes, genetic code. If you look at, let's say, Buddhists in contrast to Jewish, there's a different metaphysical coding or preference in there because the Buddhist would be getting off the wheel of life as the greatest gift. Uh Whereas the Jewish would be fulfilling the creativity of life the whole way. Adam, you know, when they said to Abraham, go. And Abraham saw the vision of the stars, you know, and your chosen people will be like that. So there was a very profound vision in the Jewish people of the future. They're future-oriented. And then when Jesus came in, Jesus was the greatest Jew that ever lived. He was completely, totally, 100% Jewish. And uh, he was not agnostic either. (laughs) He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, what Father was you seeing? You were seeing the Creator God. And he called the Creator God Abba. He called him like Dad. It was like he knew him. It was intimate. It wasn't a distant God. It was an internalized God. And so he modeled, I think, an evolutionary spirituality. For me, the God is not only within me, it's in the billions of years of evolution. It's the impulse of creation. So 
in that sense, there is a certain Jewish quality that makes it a little bit different, and I use the word now, metaphysical preference. I have a preference for the emerging potential of humanity. I don't want to get off the wheel of life. I don't want to stop this. I want to go further. And I've talked to people who I love very deeply who are wanting to go into big minds. They just want to get off the wheel of life after Ooh. they've done their work. I want to get further on it. Yeah. Well, yours is more <laughs> exciting. That's more of an exciting adventure <laughs> than getting off the wheel. It's more exciting. <laughs> yes, Barbara, when I had a, formally a connection with Jesus that came to me, uh, it was as if I was being told to consciously go within and stay grounded and um, and be able to hear yourself in consciousness. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, to hear yourself. You know what you just said there. See, the self that you were hearing is what is that deeper self, that spiritual self, that divine self. And here's something I learned in my own process. I had been writing, I'm a journal writer, but that's my magnum opus. And I was writing always this guidance from the higher self. And then I'd go out and try to do it, but I did it as a local self. And I'd get tired and compulsive and all that. So then one day I said, I'm going to do something new. I developed a meditation where I put my attention in my meditation on the feeling of receiving guidance from my higher self, but not the guidance, not Barbara, go out and do this or that. It was just the feeling. And the feeling was resonance, was love, and it came into my heart. And after a while, I realized I am my own higher self. That's my essence. That's your essence, all of our essence. So once I got that my essence is that, I was really able to incarnate my essential self, and that's my book, Emergence. And you you actually get to the point where you invite your essence to take dominion within your entire being. And you shift your attention so the I am is the I am, the true nature of yourself is essence. Then you have egoic selves, you have local selves, you have separated selves, you have wounded and hurt selves. So if you get reactive, which all of us do, you're coming from your essence, dealing with your own reactivity, such that you can actually heal it if you do this well. You heal it, you educate your local selves, you educate your own ego. It's not that you don't need it, you do. You do need that to to drive you to do what you need to do in the world. So this is not a passive philosophy, but with emergence I did that, and then I got the, the, the universal self. I got a light body self. I asked for contact one day, and I thought it would be with extraterrestrials. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> I got an image of my own. I got an experience, a resonant field of a, of a high-frequency self that was beyond the field of Earth, that was ecstatic, ecstasies, ecstatic, and who said, "Let keep your attention on, uh, on me. I want to lift your vibrations to a higher frequency. So the, the essential self that I had now become my own essence paid attention to its own universal self, 
ecstatic beyond with the memory of the future and i became to i i got to incarnate my own universal self so now i'm at the threshold of becoming new i am a homo universalis i made up a name for the new species <laughs> and i'm one of them <laughs> you know and and jesus you might say was the future of humanity embodied in the present so the you universal are... self, your universal self, do you merge with um, all mankind and species? And you... No, you start out merging with your own essence. This mm-hmm. practice is how do you become a whole being, just you. Because the minute you are a whole being, you can get a vision of the planet as a whole system. And you can be a contributor to others becoming whole beings until we collectively have enough of us feeling whole that the planetary system develops a new culture, which I would call a culture of co-creation. Barbara, there was not too long ago, I was with uh, Jumbala Melchizedek. Oh, you were? uh, And he took, yeah, he took... uh, took us through um, going in to see our higher self, and I'll never forget it. When I got in there, it showed me that I was Santa Claus, and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me how you got in touch with Melchizedek. What happened? I, I went uh-huh. through his class. I went through his classes. I and, see. Was a channel a channel bringing through Melchizedek? Uh, well, he was bringing from the pineal down into our heart center, and then going from our heart center out, and then we right. went in through the tunnel to see, you know, our and ask questions of our higher self. But when right. I was shown my higher self, it was a fat Santa Claus in a red suit. <laughs> and well, maybe laugh. that's because you're you're happy and and loving and giving. Yeah. But I, yeah, because those but are was, those are symbols. Yeah. Yes, I think that's why because you're probably a loving person, giving and loving. Yeah, but I thought it was funny. It was just kind of seeing that it is part. kind of humorous. Yeah, yeah, it was humorous. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, yes, I think it's important for us to laugh and and really enjoy enjoy our journey. And um, so. I, I'm enjoying this journey so much because when I'm incarnating, when I'm embodying the impulse of evolution that's gone through the billions of years and resides in everybody's heart, everybody, when I know I'm that, and I then become that thatting, I become that creating, the impulse and I become one. So it's like the inner God and you join for the evolution of yourself and the world. So you're not doing it alone. Yeah. Now you're going to have a 12-week webinar. Um, yes. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Are you going to be? <laughs> you're going to be touching all of this during your webinar, aren't you? It's going to be so exciting. Well, it's all about, with all these great teachers that I have, like Neil Donald Walsh and and, uh, Michael Beckwith and so on, is how do you embody the Christ consciousness as a co-creator of your world? How do you do that? 
And how did it say in the New Testament? It's all about how to do that, actually. And and the description of how Jesus did it. So when they describe Jesus, and I see Jesus as an evolutionary, I take it differently than if I'm seeing the only Son of God. I'm actually seeing a description of what we're all supposed to become. Well, actually, that's exactly what he told us. That's why it's happening. So I have taken a really wonderful momentary jump here to be that myself and then you know when you can when you can claim it and name it you can become it yes you know i have to write that down (laughs) how you know you're looking at how do we awaken the power of social potential Mm -hmm. and i um, you know, at this point, and it's and it's beneficial. It's not a waste of time, and it's and it's a health connect. But the iPhones, the iPads, the Facebooks, the TV, um, are are kind of kind of getting us away from a lot of heart connection. Yes. Uh-huh. And people forget to love themselves. Even on Facebook, people ask you know, to be, you know, um, they want the love you can tell and the whole thing. And I'm thinking we're we're here to learn how to love ourselves and forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, and, but yet those tools are here to help us, too, to connect in a larger way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's a deep both and as you become more of your own essential self, and you bring in the higher frequencies of your own being. And if you have a Christ experience and you see that Jesus said, you will do the works that I do and greater works, and you believe that, yeah, you start incarnating Christ consciousness. And then, actually, you evolve. You see, it's a self. We are sensitive to our own intention. That's a good comment. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's very important what intention you have. And you know, in quantum physics, it's just amazing reality as they describe it, is that many realities are so-called superimposed, and the one that manifests is the one that's observed. So it's not that, let's say at the atomic level, that there are all these, this matter exists. There is no matter until something's observed. Now, it's very hard to understand that because before humans came in, obviously it wasn't observed. But what we we can see now is humans are able to observe through their intention realities that don't yet exist. And what I believe is that by not only observing it, believing it, but accepting it as true experientially feeling this is true. It's not, you know, Jesus had this amazing phrase, ask and it is given. He didn't say ask and it will be given. So I have interpreted this to mean the asking is the experience of what you're asking for as being true. So I ask, let's say, to embody the consciousness that was in Jesus. 
the ask itself, the deeper I go into the ask, what it would feel like, what it is like, what am I really asking for? That means I have to know what I'm asking for. And when I do, it's given. It's a very interesting thought if you if you pursue that a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah, cause, because sometimes we're given. not clear. Sometimes we're not clear when we're asking. Well, m- most of the time, when I I've tried this out on people, and I said, you know, I'm, I do mentoring, and I do some wonderful mentoring one on ones with people, and I'll, I'll ask them what it is they they actually are asking for, and. They they are so garbled when they describe it to me. <laughs> they don't know. So then I make them to go over and over and over until they're able to ask clearly for what it is they truly intend. And by the asking, they become it. it it's a very, very interesting reality. So it's a conscious consciousness by choice and not by chance. Exactly. So conscious evolution, it, my definition of it is evolution by choice, not chance. So we didn't, you see, evolution's been going on for billions of years, but there was no species, part of evolution, who was able to recognize that it, it was evolving or could have any choice about it. We're the first species ever. And so I would say this is the first age of conscious evolution. Some of us are becoming aware of evolution and aware we're affecting it by everything we think and do. So I'm aware of that. I'm aware right now that what we're thinking and what we're doing, we are intending and creating. Internally, first of all, I mean just spiritually. But, but you know, as you start moving out in the world, that's how I ran for vice president. Buckminster Fuller told me, he said, We've got to have women in politics taking positive options for the future out there. Barbara, why don't you do this? <laughs> so I said, all right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, you know, in our country, the United States, if anyone can declare to run to be selected as the vice presidential nominee by whoever is nominated for president. So in this case, it was 1984, it was Walter Mondale who was nominated, but I was running to be nominated by him. And and then I had to go to the Democratic National Convention and get over 200 delegates. Now, I was told I was lucky to get one delegate if she were my mother. You do not <laughs> walk into a professional um, a, a professional event like a Democratic National Convention, and get nominated. You do not do that. It's impossible to do it. For an unknown futurist woman to walk in and do that, now this is something I'm saying because I learned how to do this. We, when I had a team of 10. We didn't even have passes to the floor. And we actually got in there by the grace of the wife of the governor of Colorado, and we had... <laughs> this room where we had all the states and all the the place where you put the number of delegates that you have, we had all the states and we had no delegates. <laughs> and in two days we had to have a hundred. Well, don't be silly. This is impossible. So what we did, we intended this, and I would go to like South Dakota at five thirty a.m. in the morning, 
and I'd a, a caucus, and I'd say, I want you to nominate me for vice president. I will give my my uh, votes to Geraldine Ferraro, who is the real one, but I want to be able to tell the story of how we, the Democratic Party can find out what's working in the world. Wow. And we're going to do it. And, and they were so taken with that idea that they gave me their votes. <laughs> and so the Democratic Party was horrified. I mean, somebody unknown walks into a Democratic National Convention uninvited by anybody. <laughs> and I did have the the state, I think it was the state of Colorado, did place my name in nomination. But when when that 200, over 200 delegates signed it, they had to say there were two women whose name was placed in nomination, Barbara and Geraldine Ferraro. And I, you know, I went more than, there was Jesse Jackson and mayors and famous people wanted, wanted it because you get to make a, a global speech. And it was the global speech I wanted to make. So yeah. that led me to understand. And when the guard led me up there to the platform, he said, now, honey, they won't pay any attention to you. They never do. You're saying this for the universe. Oh, my God. And then I thought, all right, I'm saying it for the universe. So now I want you to know, 1984 to 2016, I'm going to do it, not as a vice presidential candidate, but as a citizen, joining with other citizens to connect what's working through us in the world. That's doable. So as we've evolved since 1984, I personally think I feel the frequency and the energy increasing through people that are like you are working. I mean, the more of us that um, are involved, we make it easier for the people behind us. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. We not, not only easier, we are evolution evolving. You see, so like the people in front of us, think of what happened that they invented democracy, for example. <laughs> and then they invented uh, science and technology. And they invented new modes of healthcare, new energy systems, et cetera, et cetera. We've inherited the genius of the ages. And, you know, when I when I um, use my cell phone, I realize I have the wisdom of the ages in the palm of my hand. Because I can push Google and I can get a response to any question that anybody has anywhere. Wow. I know. Yeah. If uh-huh. if we thought this would be happening like 20 years ago, we would say no way. We have our technology has been very fast, and I think that's going to help in the future too, don't you, Barbara? The newer say, say that again. I said say our technology again. is moving so fast mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have thought you could get answers from your telephone. So no, yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly so, right. So that can help us in our future because it's, technology is moving so quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I, I really think it's uh, pretty amazing at this point because the media, our TV media and that aspect, you know, tells us one thing, and yet now... 
even when I go out on the street or I meet someone at the grocery store and we we ask them certain questions it's and their response is a loving response and not at all what what we're seeing on the media that's being distributed through television right i realize that we have taken a quantum jump beyond the tv and the heart the heart impulses and the empathy and the compassion that people on the street have is far beyond what we're being shown uh, through the media. Yes. Well, you see, we have a very infantile nervous system in our mass media. They pick up breakdown and they put you to sleep, basically. <laughs> That's all it does. Now, the Internet, on the other hand, does pick up breakthroughs. The Internet it, you know, belongs to the people in some deep way. So there is something to be said for that. But um, I feel that the planetary awakening that could come, a collective awakening, will come when enough of us put our inspiration into the noosphere, into the thinking layer of Earth, into the nervous system of humanity. I think that's what we should do. And I think we can do it, and it's my major project, is that we we have the the ability to do that. So I, I recommend that you join in the effort for a planetary awakening of co-creators worldwide, people like yourself, all these radio shows, all these personal Internet sites, all this social media. You know, one billion people were on Facebook one day, uh, during last year, that's one seventh of the human race. One day on Facebook, that means we've been given a new nervous system. Now we're not we're using it in a sort of infantile way in many cases, but we've got it. And a, ba- a newborn baby is very infantile when it uses its nervous system because it developed the nervous system in the womb, but it didn't use it till it got out. We're about to use a new nervous system to connect those who are able to create and love. That's what I think. That's a choice, too. That's evolution by choice, not chance right there. Yes. So I I can see things changing faster and faster and faster. So whenever there's a crisis, let's say, for instance, we have a drought um, in California, mm-hmm. uh, I see people coming up with all these Inventions and ideas for uh, bringing in clean water, bring, you know, and so I, by the crisis, it's created creation. Yes, you know, I, I'm living in Santa Barbara right now, and there's a group called the um, World Business Academy with R- Ronaldo Brutico that is pioneering an effort to have Santa Barbara be the first city 100% solar. And Ronaldo was saying, if Santa Barbara can do it, California can do it. And if California can do it, the rest of the states can do it and the world can do it. So this is an example on the social level of social pioneering at its deeply spiritual level. To say, we're going to do something in Santa Barbara that can change the world. If we can do it, others can do it. That's the same thing with a person. 
you know, if we can heal ourselves, if we can incarnate our own essence, if we can incarnate the, the, the consciousness that was in Christ, others can do it. That's how to see it. So are you yeah, feeling, we can, are you feeling that this is um, uh, like a 100th monkey aspect? I think it's a little deeper than that, although there's some truth to that. You know, if if one more person does it, then it's available more easily to everybody. I think that's true. And there's a very interesting theory called the morphogenetic field with Rupert Sheldrake has come up with it. So the universe, it is said, is affected by the habit of the entities within it. So if this is like they, they've experimented with rats learning a certain maze. If one group of rats learns it one place in the world and then in a completely different place, another group of rats is trying to learn the same maze, they do it faster. So it's a little bit different than the hundredth monkey because you're affecting the, the form, morphogenetic field by everything you do so it makes it available for others to do it. And and therefore you're actually doing more than just the hundredth monkey. You're you're changing the structure of the field in which we're operating. And I think Jesus was one of the great beings of earth that changed the structure, the morphogenetic field of earth. So even though we don't all uh, not all able to love one another to do unto others as we would have done unto you, but we know it's there. It's, it's implanted in the morphogenetic field. He did that. And he did it also through the resurrection by saying, you know, you will all be changed. You're going to have a new being, a new body, life. It's not only life after death. It's life after this phase of life that's different. So, so each individual of our listeners out there that's listening to our show today should realize that they, they have more power than they ever thought they had. I mean, just right. the power of ch- changing your thinking can help the the world. I think it's changing your thinking and waking up your intention. When you're ready, I need to ask you something. Sure. Waking up your intention to the new. So, you see, it's you're helping it's people more than even thinking. thinking. Wake up your intention and it's... It, by getting in touch with what is your real intention. You see, most people don't recognize that as you intend, so it happens. Intention creates reality. Now, not 100% of the time immediately, but eventually it does. And maybe not even for one person in one lifetime. But if I'm intending to embody this, if I'm intending to become my full potential self, Every every breath I take is moving me in that direction. Obviously, it's effective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Barbara, in your book, when you wrote it, you know, when we write a book, it's like there's areas in this book that you may have been surprised that showed up for you. <laughs> yes. Is there is there one is there a one or two stories that you can share with us writing this book, the evolutionary testament of co creation, <clears throat> the promise will be kept. 
can you share with us such area such an area yeah. or multiple with us? I, I one that I really, really love is one about the planetary Pentecost. I had, you know, been intuiting that we can have a time of connecting all mass, and then in the Book of Acts they they describe the the actual Pentecost. Let's see where it is now. Okay, all right. So I'm going to read you this. And do you know what the Pentecost was? No. The pen- okay, the Pentecost after the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, it was very, very dangerous to say anything about Jesus because they killed you. And uh, so the disciples were all in what they called the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire and sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened is that everybody spoke in the, in the Galilean language, and people who were in the group heard it in their own language. And this was a breakthrough, and they disciples, some of them left there with the powers of a natural Christ. They could heal, they could break the bonds of prison. So here is the message I got. Now, dearly beloved, your time has come. You are the second generation of disciples. You are to go forth and tell the new story to your generation. You are to tell the world we are rising. You now have the capacity to do the works that I did, and greater works can you do. You who believe in your capacity to do as I did are the new disciples of Christ. You will work together for the planetary Pentecost. The planetary Pentecost is the alternative to Armageddon. The Armageddon, of course, in the book of Revelation is the destruction of three-quarters of the earth. It is a time on earth when all those who choose to evolve occupy the upper room of consciousness simultaneously. So all of us who have a higher consciousness are there together. In this aligned field of love and expectation, you will all hear in your own language, in your own words, in your own inner voices, the mighty works of God that you are to perform. You will be empowered with the powers of a natural Christ. You will be able to heal yourselves, to restore the earth, and to emancipate the untapped genius of all those who so believe. Now just imagine this happening. Imagine this is so. Um, You will be able to heal yourselves, to restore the earth. The media, your planetary nervous system, will pulse with light as it reports on the stories of your transformation. This experience will shift the dominant thought pattern on earth from fear to love. So what I have been I have been deeply inspired by that passage. And I believe that when enough of us join together who are already like you and I are on the phone connected in love in the in in, in the social media or what Teilhard calls the noosphere, the thinking layer, the mind sphere. We will not have to be changed one by one by one, but it will be like a collective nervous system awakening us to the greater love and the greater essence of who we are. That, that's, that is my deepest 
deepest expectation and therefore wanting to work together for a planetary awakening to connect co-creators worldwide in love. I get God bumps all over. <laughs> you know, we can do this. This is this yeah, yeah. is doable now. This is doable. We're not just talking about individuals. So well, we're talking about a quantum leap. We are. We are. And in and your book, um people can use it at, um, as a co-creation groups they can get together and and use your book and go through the and, and, and go through it and actually begin to experience it themselves and get their own insights and own interpretations and there is a guidebook coming out that you know was written by a unity minister picking seven weeks so that you can study this for seven weeks if you want to which all to the good oh good when uh when is the guidebook coming out it's, it's, I want to share you this. Know, yes, the guidebook is, if you go, um, just write to me, bmh at evolve.org, because it's supposed to be out, and I want to check and be sure that it is. Okay. Because I want to, I'm involved with several groups, and I wanted to share your book with the different groups. Yes, this works very, it. very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. I would like you to do that. Yeah. And plus our listeners, give them the idea, yes. give them the yes. the, the, the bug yes. to do this, yes. Right. You have several conferences starting in Several February. what? Conferences? Yes. Starting in uh, February? Well, I I have the the whole wonderful uh evolutionary testament seminar starting actually uh on uh january 6th going through february and march every wednesday evening from 5:30 to 6:30 and people can sign in right now if they want to how do they do on, that Barbara? the way they say, go go to evolutionary.academy and sign in evolutionary.academy Great. Yeah, and we could put this up on our our Facebook too, to yes. alert people to this. <coughs> Absolutely. Barbara, is there an area that you would like to talk about that we haven't um, covered at this point, and that is really uh, some, something you'd like to share with us? Well, I'd really like to talk a little bit more about the Evolutionary Testament webinar because we're going to be having some of the greatest pioneering teachers on it, like Neil Donald Walsh. Now, he'll be talking about what he sees in the New Testament that's related to conversations with God. Michael Beckwith, who is the um, tremendous minister of the Agape Truth Center in Los Angeles, biggest church in this movement by far, telling everybody that they are a natural Christ, really. That's what he's teaching. So he's going to come on. So we're going to have a webinar that everybody who listens into it will be able to be part of a new collective consciousness that will really bring it into you. And and I am so excited about doing this because I'm not just teaching, uh, as I have done on Shift Network, I'm teaching from the essence of my being something that is radically, radically new. People would be on the cutting edge. 
They will, and they'll be on it together. And I think being on it together is a lot different than just being on it alone. Okay. Um, all right. So then, how do they do this one more time, Barbara? They, it's uh, how do they, they go to they go to evolutionary dot academy and register. Okay. Just go to you know on your Google evolutionary dot academy and register. Okay. So, so your vision or your intent, we know what your intent is, but in uh, the near vision, what do you see happening? Well, I see we're poised between greater devolution and destruction or evolution and creation. And so I see happening, and I'm part of the happening, is that those of us who feel drawn to co-create, to to connect in love, innovation, and creativity will do so in the next five years. And by 2020, we're going to have a vision and a structure of the emerging world. Not only do I see it happening, I'm going to help make it happen. And everybody can jump aboard and make it happen even faster. Well, you see, that's the thing. You're not just sitting around waiting it for, for it to happen. You are part of it happening. That's the thing we really need to know now. You know, I think that's part of the one of the the most um, uh, unusual aspects of what you're doing because, you know, we can have these aspects or thoughts within our heart, but we need to co-create. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so it's not it's not. You see, we're being invited to be participants here. Absolutely. That's really that's really a step here. We're, we're participants in what we're seeing. We're intending what we're doing, and we're part of it. That, that's really funny. important to, to recognize. It makes a big, big difference, you see. So we're pioneering together. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's it. Well, Barbara, I see so many different groups doing similar, something similar. Yes. And what would be nice is to have all those groups combine their energies and be one great big huge community that's what we need that now this is very important what you just said because that would be the planetary pentecost that's really important and i i'd like to get you know you to email me and so that i have your name your address and all of that and to put you on the list of informing you of how this is working good Oh, that would be wonderful. So that, excuse me. So, are you going to be setting up your website so that people can pioneer together from yes. all areas? Okay. Well, we already have it, and I want to say on evolve.org, you will see the words community and communion. If you click on communion once every other Sunday, we have a free call which is a vib- setting up the vibrational spiritual field of what I'm saying. And I speak, but I speak really as a as a voice of the emerging human and then others speak with me and we have small groups and then we actually cultivate the field inside ourselves together and then people are invited to join the community of conscious evolution on our website evolve.org 
And then I'm going to do some advanced teaching for all the people who would like to be with me the whole way. It's almost like a a shared mentoring teaching. That's the most advanced of my own edge. And and that's also on your um, website, Barbara Marks Hubbard. Yes, go to go to yes, that's right. Well, Barbara Marks Hubbard goes to Evolve. It's the same. Okay. Yeah, and at least they can get to everything because you have products in your book and everything in the blog, and so it's yes. really, um, Barbara, this is so powerful. This is so yes. exciting to see. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, that's why I'm so happy to be alive right now. Is to bring all this together. Well, I, I think well, other, we appreciate. People, <laughs> other people are also, you know, people don't know where where to go for this and to be able to head them to your website and, and give them um, a community, uh, a heart community to work with is, you know, when people's hearts get affected, let me tell you, there's no stopping anything. That, that's right. That's exactly right. And that's what we're, no, that's we, what I'm I'm part of. That's why I'm so turned on. You see, yes, you are, <laughs> <laughs> and you and you turn on everyone that you connect with. So this is very I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really really well, true. We, we so appreciate you taking time to be with us today because you must be very busy with all these things that you're doing. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, thank you. I really, really um, am delighted to to know you, and I want you to be sure to email me so that you're on my list to help with the planetary awakening. Thank you, Barbara. We will. We will. <laughs> so here's to the universal heart intelligence. Yes. Hear, hear it arising. Go for it. Really, that's it. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.